Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you so much for stopping by and taking time to listen to my podcast. So over to you, Claire. Please do introduce yourself to my fabulous listeners. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here with you today uh, and your fabulous audience. So thanks for inviting me along. I just probably first of all have to acknowledge the connection we have about our spirit of happiness in our businesses so I'm happier coach my business is happier and you know it's been really great to listen to some of your podcasts connect with you hear about what you've been doing and obviously more recently we've connected on uh, a book project and uh, my dad thinks I'm a fairy so um, yeah I'm the happier coach I've got a master's in positive psychology and coaching psychology I'm a qualified clinical hypnotherapist and I'm continuing my training as a counsellor because what I do is I work with clients all over the world people who are looking to transform their lives from really a place of survival to thriving And I find that when you're taking big steps to move forward and to transition in your life, quite often there's things that are holding you back. So they may come from a place of fear or overwhelm or you've got that inner critic there and it can hold you back. So having the ability to look into what those things are through counselling techniques helps people to move forward. So... I like to help energise them, bring that confidence around, all around the spirit of positive psychology and happiness and and to take them to a happier place. I mean, I haven't haven't got such far-reaching qualifications as yourself, (laughs) but when I did my coaching qualification, which was a level five, that incorporated NLP and I've done so many other bits and bobs along the way, but positive psychology I'm just all for the way you perceive things and look at things and how you can change just by a small shift of perspective and focus can help you experience the world in a completely different way as you're talking about sort of the counseling and the psychology in the different places but if you actually look at that whole experience and I love the power of the reframe as well that you know you reframe that experience to one of learning it could be a, a very negative experience but actually I believe and I don't know what your thoughts are as well so I'd be interested to know your journey alone I think in fact we should we should allude to how we've ended up connecting a little bit more but it's um that experience that the, the sort of the bumps in the road crikey that's quite an understatement for yourself but but those are what we learn from and it's that whole that positive reframe that once you realize that these are learning opportunities and how much you grow from them and the, the journey you go on as a result and how you then kind of up level and experience the world in a different way but yes we we've met through uh, really my dad thinks I'm a fair book uh, collaboration haven't we yeah, we did it was a fabulous experience as well and it's been a great opportunity to connect with so many people who have got such you know interesting stories and I think what I really loved about the book and in connecting with everybody is everybody's honesty their authenticity and the fact that the book really shows how people have owned their vulnerability and 
stepped up, stepped into that place of being courageous and doing something differently. It's really at the core of the message that I like to give out to people and the reason for doing what I do is because I know how many people there are out there who are living in a day-to-day -day state of survival or just accepting their circumstances and really I want to get the message out there that there's an opportunity for happiness for harnessing that happiness absolutely and, you know really taking that to a place of thriving you hear it a lot now survival to thriving and we hear that term used quite a bit but I really do fundamentally believe in that and that's something that obviously in my story and everything that I've been through I've experienced and seen it so interesting going back to your conversation about positive psychology so after going through a lot of therapy and such I really wanted to understand the psychology behind it of how doing therapy and counselling and, and I embarked on doing a whole different things anything that could improve my life mm -hmm how that was happening and what changes it was making. I really wanted to understand that. So actually I enrolled back at university to do an undergraduate degree of, in psychology, you know, much to everybody's concern that I was expecting to relive my youth and hang around the student union bar, which was a completely different scenario when you've got three young children. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the first time round I'd done it. You had a thirst for knowledge, not a thirst for snake bite. <laughs> Oh, well, I don't know. I think pretty much I could have gone for both. Not, maybe, maybe more the G and T these days. Yeah, well, absolutely. Bite. I'll go with you on that. Nice, nice Bombay <laughs> Sapphire for me. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. And it was really so positive psychology. I wasn't so aware of it, and but it was one of one of my options that I started taking. Was really intrigued with it. But we did the topic of post traumatic growth. That is the principle that there's people actually they don't just recover from traumatic experiences but they go beyond that and they live a life of such greater meaning and this really intrigued me because mm -hmm. it was something that I had experienced myself and it was like I'm not alone on this this is actually something that can happen for people and how do we really understand that and harness that so that we can use that in everyday life so a lot of the learnings that have been done from researching around trauma can actually help people without having the trauma as well so people who do face depression anxiety they're not identifying that specific trigger point there's there's lots that we can learn in that and that's where I started to specialize and then went on to do my master's specializing in positive psychology and doing some more research around post-traumatic growth and what the things are that are different between somebody who is able to connect with the ability to to thrive and live their happiest life as opposed to somebody who finds themselves in a place of holding on and simply surviving so that we can make that change because it's a change that everybody can make no matter their level of trauma or adversity that they have experienced. I think there is a big caveat is that people have to have that readiness for change because it can't be fostered upon them. It can't you can't force somebody to change who doesn't want to change. There's that thriving post trauma and that is something you see I from a spiritual perspective, 
I'm putting it out there and people might think I'm woo-woo, but I believe that we, we choose the lifetimes that we come into to have the experiences that we have, to learn, to 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 move more towards sort of an enlightened way of being. So therefore, these experiences that we, we don't know that we've pre-requested, we then have, but it's then the opportunity for us to actually learn from them. And when we learn from them, then we gain that wisdom, like as you've described, and I'm keen for you to sort of share your story as well. Obviously, because it's a fascinating story that's led you to where you are now. So that's what I I believe. And I also believe that, you know, we're very influenced. And I'm sure you'll corroborate with this. The first seven years of our life. So there may be triggers that we haven't identified because it's that that first sort of zero to seven years is when we're sort of learning and absorbing and taking in information from other people before we can then start to make decisions for ourselves. But there can be stuff that we've taken on board and absorbed, but we may not know what that actual trigger actually is, but it's resonated and until you sort of start to go back, or you might not ever really realise, like you said, what it is that it is without real deep work, which might be sort of hypnotherapy based. It could be, I mean, I, I like EFT and there's all sorts of different holistic therapies out there that can help you uncover. So not everyone will fit everybody because thankfully we're all different, unique human beings and we learn in different ways, of course, don't we too? Yes, I mean, I, and you've inspired me actually. I, I mean, I've often thought about doing um, a psychology degree myself, but it was quite interesting with all that I've learned. There were some parts of psychology that I wasn't sure that fitted with the coaching ethos. But it's interesting that you've done counselling because counselling is very different to coaching as well. So I'm quite curious to know what your thoughts are around both modalities. So actually, my master's included coaching psychology. So it was an applied course. So we did look at all the psychology of coaching. Coaching really is an approach which is about facilitation of somebody's growth and moving forward. You provide an environment which allows people to grow and move forward and you know we challenge them to go through that model and to get results and have those goals. What it doesn't do in its purest form is resolve the issues that we may be facing. So if you have issues around visibility in your business that, or taking action or taking the leap, there could be something that's holding you back that you don't fully understand. Now, coaching doesn't necessarily equip you with the skills to be able to go back and to uncover that. Counselling is about looking at those patterns, the schema, the pathways that are in your brain that make you behave and respond in specific ways. So by understanding a counselling approach, you can sensitively and safely take someone back to those experiences and reform them and change them, which is not what coaching is about. So by combining the two, it's kind of like making that you know, where you start with saying in the phrase of two step forward, one step back by having counselling skills there, it helps you manage that one step back so that you don't get stuck on your coaching journey. It's interesting you should you describe it in such a way, because with the experiences that I've had with NLP, you can actually go in and work with the subconscious in a different way to reshape and re-experience that time that you've had that may be of a negative one and see it in a different light. I, I, I come back to the power of the reframe that I use and integrate when I'm, I'm coaching. When people are receptive and open to looking at things from a completely different perspective and understand that, you know, it could be 
yeah, th this reason and to sort of show appreciation and gratitude for those people that might have come into your life and not been um, not been great in your life. If I refer back to my previous relationship that was very challenging because he was a very sort of jealous guy and there was all sorts of stuff. I show gratitude for the time he was in my life, even though, you know, <laughs> it's just because... I learnt so much as a result. I had to learn that I don't need challenging relationships, Claire. <laughs> as well. I seem to have embraced far too many challenging relationships. I'm so delighted to say that I'm in a very healthy, happy relationship, which is rather marvellous. But it is looking at those patterns. And in the past, I've used EFT combined with some hypnotherapy that's cleared stuff because I've just not known. You know, there's been stuff you've, you've alluded to about being standing up in your business. I remember before I actually set up my limited company, which was back in 2014, I, I was comparing myself to other people and didn't understand why I was doing it. And I went and had some EFT and it says, oh, bingo, right, I'm setting up my business and this is what I'm going to do. And I went to make it back registered from day one. My thought processes didn't change, but it just, there was something that energetic that had been unblocked through the tapping. It's about tapping into. And when you're conditioned to keep yourself safe and secure what your mind does is it's not going to reveal that answer because that is its secret source of keeping you safe so it doesn't want to show that to you by using tools like hypnotherapy and i use eft as well um oh, using yes. tools like that <laughs> it, it can dig deep in i mean another one i do i have regular sound baths as well i find that really helps me connect you know, I went through a whole, I did, I tried yoga and Reiki and NLP and EFT and hypnotherapy and RTT and anything I could get my hands on. Love the fact you've tried all of these different things. So I, I think, I, I think you've ticked off all the lists of the things that I've, I've experienced as well. <laughs> I think there's different things that resonate with you as a person. It all has its value in its own way and it's what you connect with and what you feel. And I think that's a really important thing and something that I had probably shut down in myself with everything that I had experienced was actually connecting and trusting yourself and your mm. instinct of what really works for you so that's you know a really important side of things absolutely that's it's so powerful once you actually learn to trust yourself your instinct it saves so much time Claire because you know when you when you totally trust I mean I always trusted myself but I was always wrong-footed by my ex-husband he questioned me so that would make me question he's narcissistic so it's just like oh maybe he's right maybe I'm wrong you know and it took me six years post um divorce to literally get clear of that we won't go into all of it now but you know we're talking about all the things that you do all the fantastic stuff that you do but what took you to that point and obviously as I said having read your story and my dad thinks I'm a fairy which is such a, a brilliant book of 10 separate chapters and powerful stories of people who've brought about change in their lives and yours went but oh my god <laughs> oh my god Claire so just tell them a bit about you please and your where you were at and what it uncovered and so that they understand, you know, why you've gone on the journey that you have done and you know, obviously it gives you that qualification to, to help others in a similar situation. Back in 2016, I guess this is the point at which it really started to change for me. So I was having a normal evening, so I thought we'd put the children to bed and my husband said that he didn't feel very well and within half an hour... He'd had a heart attack and passed away. Oh my gosh! How old was he, Claire? I meant to meant to ask you. He was forty-one, so he was a few weeks off of his forty-second birthday. Oh my gosh! 
So completely out of the blue. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, his birthday, we actually had his funeral. So it was uh, a circle of life kind of thing. I made the decision that, you know, it was a date when Mm -hmm. we could celebrate his life rather than be a day of sadness, really, because I've had three young children as well. They didn't understand that concept. They barely understood the concept of someone dying so they had a big introduction to that and understanding all of that um straight away so obviously you know my whole world was blown apart and and the world of my children and it was a very dark place trying to come to terms with what had happened just in those every days of just breathing in and out and at the same time trying to hold everything together and reassure the children that they were going to be okay and we were going to somehow do this. So we, you know, went through everything, you know, just to get stability there and the children going back to school and, and things like that. And that's uh, quite a, quite a, an amazing thing that you had to do because you've got twins, haven't you? And, and yeah, I've got an older one. So my eldest was eight and the twins had not long turned five. So they'd literally had their fifth birthday a couple of weeks beforehand. So... A few weeks before, we'd only just returned from Disney World. So we'd been on a family holiday to Disney World, um, you know, had the time of our lives. We'd come back. The twins had just started school, so they had gone into reception class. So life was kind of at a point where things were changing for us and becoming more settled. And I didn't have that huge nursery bill for the children. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you, you'd, you'd got to a point where you were in a nice house as well and you got your forever home and, and settled. you kind of settled down yourself, hadn't you? Because you'd sort of prior to that, your your home life as you were growing up was quite traumatic as well, wasn't it? So I'd grown up in a household of domestic violence and... There had been a number of different tragedies in my life. I'd lost, I'd lost a friend to suicide. Um, I'd had a miscarriage. We just had, we lost a very close friend in a car accident. Um, there'd just been sort of several things that had really kind of knocked that journey, but had always held it together. And but this time was different. This time, my belief in the universe had changed everything that I had held on to um I didn't know really where I was going so I'd got to found myself that I'd got to the point the children had gone back to school and it was the first time really that I realized how much I had to go through in order to find a new life and a new way of living and one of the things was that I made a promise on the night he died, that I would see our dreams for the children to still come true. So I had that, but I was also, you know, in a really dark place. And I knew it was going to be really tough going for quite a while. And the thought of going through all of that and all the work that I would have to do, I knew at that point that the theory of just surviving, of just playing a mediocre role in my own life wasn't enough and I also felt very strongly that my husband no longer had the privilege of living and if you have the privilege of living you should do your damnest to live the best life. Do you know what Claire you're absolutely right you're absolutely right I I remember it was a relationship I had post-divorce not 
that we were together at the time, but I subsubsequently found later that somebody I dated for about 10 months, he passed away from skin cancer. He'd been, he'd been remarried, but I'm really good friends with his ex-PA. There's a lot more story to it than that, but every time I sort of have a sort of a moment of thinking, I always think, crikey, you know what? Alan's no longer here. I am. I've got to make the most of my life, you know? And just wanted to echo that, really, because it, it, it's quite a powerful mantra to rather than sinking because of it you live because of it yeah because well there's an element of gratitude as well in there that I am worthy and I have this opportunity and I don't want to waste it and on the other side of it as well I didn't want my husband's legacy to be one of sadness and misery and all of those things that are negative my husband is well known you know in the everybody when they were talking at the funeral were always talking about how he always had a smile on his face he was an active member in the village etc and you know he had this charm of this smile and um my boys have it as well actually they can get themselves out of anything (laughs) with that deacon smile as we call it yeah so it was really important to make you know that if I was going to do it I was going to do it big style and I was going to change what I wanted to give everything that we wanted for the children so I needed help I reached out I was very lucky actually that I made contact with someone who was extremely experienced in the area of of trauma and adversity and helped me get through but I also delved into anything that I could really do so I did hypnotherapy I did CBT I did counseling I did sound baths and yoga and all different things anything that was going to help me because I needed to do the best I could for the children that's brilliant I mean the fact that you recognize that though and you you actively did that and experienced all those modalities all those therapies because you know some things will resonate some things won't it depends on our sort of learning style doesn't it and what what connects with us like you've just highlighted I mean I've done Reiki I've done EFT I've done hypnotherapy I've done RTT (laughs) I've done what else I've done shamanic stuff I've done journey work I've done channeling I've done NLP I've done coaching (laughs) (laughs) but it becomes part of you doesn't it and and it becomes so integrated into who you are as a person it becomes second nature but then you've got that whole package to help and share because I mean you trained then into positive psychology which sounds fabulous that I'm a great advocate for (laughs) so once I'd done a certain amount of recovery and uh, one of the interesting things I got to is I got to a place where I was now able to deal with life and I wanted to start looking at my future and building it forward. But what I found was the mental health system only took you to a place of surviving. Once you were at survival point, there you kind of dropped off a cliff and you'd have to start with someone new and start with someone different in order to how to build your life, which is why I've taken this combined approach with counselling and coaching. Because at a point where you've shown your biggest vulnerability... The last thing you want to do is to start that all again when you start putting a positive step forward. There was this space, but also I really wanted to understand more about what had happened to me, this transformation that I'd gone through, why it had happened, and to continue growing and experiencing and and understanding where those beliefs had come from, how they were formed and how I could best change them and support my children as well. Because obviously, you know, having such a tragedy happen to them at such a young age, they 
continue to go through and experience different issues and challenges. So I went back to university. I um, signed up and did psychology undergraduate degree. And it was there that I was introduced to positive psychology and immediately connected with it. It really resonated with me, the concepts of well-being, living your best life, which is often misunderstood. It doesn't negate the acknowledgement of negative emotions or very valid emotions and and have a need. But to take that kind of approach really resonated and particularly around post-traumatic growth as well was a Mm -hmm. really big factor for me, something that, you know, I really aligned myself and understood that. And that is what opened my mind up is my own experience of this taking you to a place of survival and the fact that, you know, we can go so much further and everything you can learn from that. So I took my master's. I also at the same time took on um, learning hypnotherapy Mm -hmm. as a modality that I could help people facing anxiety and overwhelm. And I'm continuing on with my counselling training Mm -hmm. as well so that I can help people no matter their starting point, even if they've just experienced a place of tragedy, but that we take that and support them to a place of real growth and that's it isn't it i mean it's understanding i mean all the things that you talk about is having those different tools those different modalities it means that you can adjust uh, you can adapt to the different clients that you face as you say the different starting points and just help them and, and the, the power of coaching is never to be underestimated like you were just saying you know it kind of comes from a different standpoint because it's very much positive it's solution focused it's not dwelling upon the issue that was and giving energy to that it's looking at stuff but if you've got people that need to get over something to recognize those patterns that's where your counseling comes in that you can sort of look at that and address that before that person can then move forward but looking at things from a positive standpoint because there are so many different perspectives aren't there of looking at things it's the one that you choose to view the world through I've got a phrase that I hope you like that I use quite a lot (laughs) which is life is an illusion of your own creation So it's what you perceive, it's what you look at, because we all have experienced the world in different ways. We can both be in the same room doing the same thing that we're both doing at the same time right now, but we're in different rooms, but obviously doing the same thing. (laughs) But we'll both experience it in different ways based on previous life experiences. And it's how you choose to view the world, because if you view it with one perspective, I mean, there can be so many different ways of looking at stuff. And the quick reframe and the power of that from positive psychology point of view is transformational. Just those small steps, but also understanding why you think the way you think because of the experiences that have gone before is very powerful as well, isn't it? So that was something that I explored in my research piece for my dissertation. So I looked at, because obviously post-traumatic growth was something I was very interested in, but what I wanted to know is why do some people get to a point where after experiencing tragedy, they grow and they grow to a position where they're truly thriving into a position that they were better, more advanced than they were on a well-being scale prior to that tragedy, whilst others will suffer and feel stuck. And what is the difference there? And there's, in comparison to a lot of psychology, there's very little research in the area, although it is really growing. And something that fundamentally came to me through the research that I was doing and I subsequently investigated was about locus of control and how that's different. That's the concept that if you believe that 
you can't really influence the world and things that happen to you are kind of predestined that you don't have an influence if bad stuff is going to happen it it will come to you as opposed to an alternative where you believe that you can make a difference that you can take action and make changes it doesn't mean that bad things won't happen but it means that it's in your power to be able to deal with them. And it seemed fundamentally, and it was supported by the research that I did, that if you have a belief in yourself that you have the power to make a difference and to change something, then that instinctively makes you fight for that position. But if you don't have that underlying core belief that change can happen, that you can make a difference, then you succumb and become overwhelmed with negativity and result and you're more of a victim in those situations it's the power of the mind isn't it it's the mindset it's you it's the whole adage of you know you are what you think is so very very true because what you put out we start to come back to the law of attraction we're talking about the ras the reticulating oh gosh now i'm going to have to try and remember what the ras stands for the reticular activating system <laughs> Which is in the, the in the amygdala at the back of the brain. It activates and recognises things. So if you're putting out positives, you'll recognise positives coming back. But if you're looking for problems, you'll find the problems. But actually, when you recognise that the bumps in the road are actually learning opportunities, and when you reframe it and experience it in a different way, then that takes that away. But underlying all of that, you've got to have that readiness for change to embrace that different way of thinking. I mean, I've worked with, you know, clients that, you know, their perception, oh, no, well, you know, it's always going to be like that. Well, yes, you're absolutely right. It will always be like that for you because that's the way you're thinking. You know, but you change that way of thinking. You change that internal dialogue because actually the brain's just a computer system and we can change the program because we aren't our behaviour. We aren't our thinking brain because the irony of it is that we can observe our brain thinking. It's a tricky one to get your head around if you don't, haven't ever really thought about it. We aren't our thoughts. We aren't our behaviour. We can change all of those things at any given time if we choose to do so, if we choose to do the inner work, if we choose to apply the learning from a point of consistency. And it takes time, doesn't it? It, it does take time. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy. And sometimes we, we need more help in that as well. And that's where you know, people need to get the right medical diagnosis for where they do need that additional kind of support. But the potential is there, the potential for you to change this. So our brains work on a system that has been taught a set of rules and it's been taught those set of rules through our experiences and what we've been exposed to. And we come up with those set of rules The only one that sets those rules for us is ourselves. We can take responsibility for changing those rules and changing what we believe and how we're going to act and respond to that. And an interesting one for me that was an example was I'd sat in a corporate job which I wasn't aligned to for many, many years. And it was always about the risk of leaving, what I would lose by leaving. After my husband had passed away, I sat there thinking about it and something clicked and I changed and what was the risk of me staying how much was I losing by continuing to be small and not live how I want and challenge some of those expectations that were placed on myself and you get to live a much happier life 
You do, you do, absolutely. When you sort of really embrace the the essence of yourself and you you, you accept all aspects of you. And I, I have to say, I went on a learning journey post-divorce 17 years ago. And it, I say learning, do you know what it was like a reawakening, Claire? It was like... There are all sorts of stuff that was reading from sort of starting out. I read a book by uh, Eliana Van Zant, and I think it was, um, in the meantime by Eliana Van Zant and The Secret, and then I sort of got into Paolo Coelho and all his philosophical books, and you know Deepak Chopra and the Powers of Synchronicity. I've read you know, <laughs> so many books I've read, but you know it's just like just all knits together the stuff that was already within me and I say you know I do believe that we choose the lifetime we have to have the experiences that we have to become more awakened and more enlightened and in recognizing that I had a second stab at life in this lifetime post-divorce I've sort of set out to sort of learn the stuff I need to learn to not repeat it next time round. <laughs> so that's my part of my intention it's like right now I'm going to go let's, let's crack on with that and like you say seeing the challenge I mean crikey there was there was at one point a few years ago when my ex-partner that we split up every time I put my head above the parapet it was, it was like stuff being lobbed at me left right and saying really really which you'll have gone through of course naturally I mean your your challenges have been far greater than I think than mine but it's just every everybody's challenges are individual to them you know it could be something that might be really small but appear really small to one other person but it could be massive to somebody else because of how their life has been up until now but you know, it's about embracing and doing things differently and, and, and facing it full on and going, right, I'm going to deal with this. Because if you don't deal with it, if you run away from it, it's going to catch up with you and it's going to come back as a lesson to learn again, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the really important things you said in there was about how you suddenly face up to these things. And it's only by being vulnerable and by speaking your truth that you suddenly realise there's a whole community out there who are feeling the same. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why you in part do what you do and, and I'm doing what I do is because we yes. want people to know and understand that they're not alone, that there is something different out there and that we've all faced these types of feelings before. As I said, we could talk for hours, um, but this will end up being a very, very long podcast. <laughs> so so thank you. Thank you so much for being a fabulous guest and sharing your story. And I hope that, you know, it's given inspiration to all the listeners out there that what, you know, whatever circumstances that you're in, you can, you have it within the power within you to sort of overcome anything in your life if you choose to do so. Tell people how they can get in touch, Claire. So uh, if they want to connect with me on Instagram, I'm uh, Happier Coach. So it's at Happier Coach or it's happiercoach.com. So happier is H A P P Y A. Send me a DM, send me a message. Happy to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you all for listening. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate and review. And if you're a new listener, please do subscribe or follow whatever you do on your normal platform. And until next time, have a wonderful rest of the day, week, month, year, day, whatever it is, wherever you are right now. But please do keep tuning in because there's an episode, a guest episode every Tuesday and a short happy clappy from me on a Friday. This has been me, Sarah J. Naylor at Harnessing Happiness, signing out and take care. Lots of love. Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.